Hey guys, brand new podcast. I am in Salt Lake City in a hotel. They are making a pickleball court in the parking lot as we speak. Dave is grilling up some barbecue. And we have two shows in Salt Lake City tonight. Two shows. Two shows in Salt Lake City tonight. The Hot Summer Nights tour is kicked off and we have just started. This is the first night uh, of shows. We are in Salt Lake City tonight. Grand Junction, Colorado tomorrow. Colorado Springs on the 9th. We are doing activities on the 10th and 11th, filming them, throwing them up on YouTube or on Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for liking and commenting on my rock climbing video. Uh, Columbus, Prescott, Arizona on the 12th. Uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico on the 13th. Me and Tom's live event is happening October 15th. Go to ymhvirtual.com if you want tickets. Uh, And then I'll be back out on the road. Houston on the 16th. San Antonio on the 17th, Dallas, Fort Worth. And then I think we have a day off. And then St. Louis, Toledo, Ohio, Cleveland, Hoffman Estates. And then uh, I can't announce it yet, but there is a date that we'll be announcing on the 30th of October. I can't announce it yet. It's going to be fucking big. It's going to be really, really big. It's going to be really big. I'm excited. Anyway. Uh, if you guys want any, go to burpurpurt.com for everything you need to know. Um, but yeah, this is a great podcast. We've got some reads in the middle. I hope you, and thank you everyone for supporting the podcast and putting up with me doing reads. It's what pays the bills. Um, we will be in the new podcast studio soon. I know, I think I promised it to you already, but we are delaying things just a titch because we got robbed. I think you heard that on the ants podcast. So we are in the process. I promise. Today's podcast is a great podcast. I've known Annie Letterman for a long time. She is an OG at the at the comedy store. We talked about her on Bill Burt uh, because Mike Binder said something. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. I hope she did too. I don't know if we talked about it on this, but um, we talked about her on the on the uh, on Bill Burt, and then me and her started texting, and I was like, "Yo, let's podcast Monday." So we did a podcast. We talk about death. We talk about sobriety. We talk about Whitney. Cummings, the uh, the new Joe Rogan in Los Angeles is Whitney Cummings, just so you know. She's taken over the mantle. She has got the most interesting. She is doing things right, in my opinion. And Annie is a part of that posse. They all go out to Whitney's house. They do fun activities. They film stuff. They go on hikes. They sauna. Hopefully, they'll do a polar plunge one day. But and that's and so I've been following Annie and Esther and 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 Whitney and all the women that are out at Whitney's house. So I feel like I know a lot about uh, about Annie these days. And I, number one question I had to ask is, whose private jet were you in? Because it was a big private jet. So we answer that right up front. Uh, we talk about uh, females in comedy. We talk about the female comedy community. Um, it's a great podcast. You're going to love it. Just enjoy it. Uh, anything else, Halston? Am I forgetting anything? Um, the cabin. Oh, my gosh. My, my TV show, The Cabin, uh, for Netflix, premieres next week, next Tuesday, October 13th, I think, right? October 13th, my TV show, The Cabin, which has Segura, Miss Pat, uh, Bobby Lee, Donnell Rollins, Anthony Anderson, Dion Cole, Big J. Okerson, um, Tom Segura, Joey Diaz. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. Joel McHale. Is that everyone? Did I forget everyone? Did I forget somebody? I think I got everyone. 
I think I got everyone. We had a couple more, but they, someone got canceled and we had to. Anyway, fucking it's a great, it's a great, great, great show. I hope you enjoy it. Check it out on Netflix next week. Um, and I'll, I'll remind you next week when it's coming out. But that's it. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, enjoy your families. Stay safe. Today's podcast, without further ado, Annie Letterman. This is Letterman What is that, Munchkin? It's just my little puppy. Is that yours? Yeah. And then I forgot. And then we were just looking at each other. How, <laughs> how, uh, how old is that puppy? Nine weeks. Oh, wow. It's a brand new. What kind of, what kind of dog is that? He's a last or a multi-poo. Multi-poo? Yeah. Half Maltese, half poodle. Did you buy it or did you rescue it? Well, I mean, listen. Yeah. I mean, well, your friends. Rescue Whitney, it, Whitney, listen. Whitney, Whitney, Whitney. Rescue. He's cute. Obviously, I didn't rescue him. Yeah, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hideous, and he has all of his legs. I'm gonna duct tape up one of his legs though, because everyone's giving me shit. I I bought uh I bought our last puppy, and it's amazing the people that get in the comments when you show them, and they're like, "Way to go! Way to fucking!" You know, I feel like you saying murdered eight million dogs. By the way, that's what my neighbor said. You murdered eight million dogs. It's such a and it's so funny too because. I, I do believe if you're getting a big dog and you have children that are in and out of your house, you have a responsibility for the safety of those children. And you can't take some dog that was tied to a railroad track for a month and say, Hey, welcome into the house. Just so you know, guys, no one say choo choo around this fucking dog. Yeah. It's going to fucking attack you, but it's they're amazing. Like, oh, come on. They're like, you Michael, but Michael Vick had a dog. Why didn't you want his dog? It's like, go fuck yourself. By the way, I, I like, had well, the, the, all of the um, shelters are closed right now because of COVID. Are they really? Yeah. So you have to like get them through all these agencies, which by the end of it, I'm like, how much does that cost anyway? But I'm yeah. like, he's so cute. The, um, I, I did a podcast once with a guy. I, I wish I could remember who this was. He had adopted one of Michael Vick's dogs, right? So. It ended up being like the chick on Oprah that had no face because of the chimp. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was like wiping a tear out of his like inside out face. <laughs> he, uh, he would, uh, but I, the thing that made me laugh, you know, sometimes it's like the littlest thing that just makes you giggle was yeah. he had him and some other Michael Vick dog owners were protesting Michael Vick coming back to the NFL. So he's playing for the Eagles. And they had set up all these like posters saying, uh, how dare you this? How dare you that? And they put them up outside the bus for all the pro football players. And it, and I, I was, I said to the guy, this is what made me giggle. And this is like the simplest, like inside baseball joke. But I go, I wonder how many of those players got on the bus. Like, don't even look, man. I don't know. Is it about illegitimate children? Is it about child <laughs> support? I said the only one on the bus that was looking out the window going, wonder what those signs said was probably the field goal kicker who's never done anything wrong. And he's like, Hey Mike, these are about you. I, I could not stop laughing about that. Like someone else, please look. I mean, it, yeah, no, it's like, is it about pounding each other's heads in and giving each other 
mental illness. Oh God, about CTE. What, um, what, so t- I'm dying to know, I talked to Segura today and he goes, uh, he goes, I said, I'm going, I'm doing a podcast with Annie Letterman. And he goes, whose fucking private jet was she on? Oh my God. The story is so good. <laughs> it's not that good. All right, so it's great. I, this is what I listen. I can't. I really can't reveal my. I can't publicly shut reveal up. It. Shut up. I can't. I can't publicly reveal it. Bullshit. It's too big. <laughs> Bullshit. Who was it? It was Michael Vick. <laughs> Where do you think I got the puppy? <laughs> real, it was so you and Esther were on a jet, and you. It wasn't Esther, but that's so funny. Esther gets to. Have, who no, was it? Me. I was with Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, no, 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 no. It was Tony. For real? Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe. Me, well, then, it then was got to um, be Rogan. No, it was Randy. We have a friend who's a pilot. We just went up in his plane. It was not Bullshit. Him. I swear to God. Are you being serious? <laughs> it's so disappointing. I want people to be like, where was she going? It's Where a was this project? I'm super rich and successful. Was it what? 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 Hang on, because I thought I saw you on a private jet with, with, um, with Esther. No, see, it's an optical illusion I've created. So wait, what was the private jet you were on with Tony? I don't even see that. We are friends with the. He just was there. He didn't post about it. Um. Is it on? It was on stories. No, it's I posted uh like a real this. Yeah. Where that's do you see huge, I, That's a huge private jet. I was gonna say ass. I was like, thank you. I've been working on it before. This is a massive private jet. There's like a G6 or something. I don't know what it is. And your friend's a pilot and he just said, Hey, I'm taking people. Yeah. My dog's being so crazy. Come here. Dindin. Come here. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. I know it's disappointing. It's not a good answer. You're swinging nunchucks on it. Yeah, and then I—I I swear to God, I thought it was you and Esther on a private jet. No, I see. Esther's lucky. I'm being fun, and Esther just like gets to kind of tag along. She doesn't have so to do anything. Esther's then, scared to do stuff. I'm sure she'd be too scared to go on a, a private jet. So then, tell me about uh, tell me about the summer camp Whitney's throwing. Oh, it's so fun. Well, you yeah. You have to come to it. Yeah. I mean, Why wouldn't you? Are you being fucking serious? Why wouldn't you come to it's it? It's all hot chicks hanging out in Whitney's sauna. I'm not going to be there. Uh, you're married bringing with wife. Kids. You're I'm married with... Oh, yeah. I'm not going to bring my wife either, Annie. Just so you know. <laughs> what? what so, so how did that start? So how did the... Uh, how did the... Summer I, look like Grandpa. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um... How did that start? Okay, so Whitney, when did it start? Whitney, we, oh, I know what it was. Whitney and I did the um, the last episode of the Comedy Store podcast or Comedy Store documentary was a round table on top of the, you know how they built that thing on top of the- I've bar. never seen that. I've never seen that cigar lounge, by the way. The what? That thing on top of the store. I've never seen it. No, this was the, this was the first time I saw it too. I'd heard about it because I think they weren't supposed to build it or something. Yeah, um, but they did, and whatever. So it's just like this rooftop thing. It's pretty cool, but I think it is getting taken down. But it's like this rooftop thing. So we all went up. There was me, um, Whitney, Joe, 
uh, Paul Rodriguez, um, Jay Leno, and Bill Burr and Binder. And so we were all up just like talking to the roof. And then Whitney and Joe and I just got on a chat thread, like making fun of everything that happened. Just like talking about the, <laughs> just a, it was a wild night. Well, it seems like such a bizarre cast. It was so, it was Joe and Leno together. I was like, really? That's a fun thing. Because it's old school idea and new school ideas, right? So it was just like, you know, Jay comes from the mindset, like you have to work clean. You have to like be able to do um, corporates and stuff like that. And Joe's like, no, you don't. Like you could just have a podcast and you can be the richest man in the world. Yeah. He's like the Bezos of comedy. Jay also so, has been like, hey, don't record your material. What's that? Jay has also been like, don't record your material. Oh yeah. No, he was saying that on there too, where he was like, you know, you never want to like, he's like, I just put out one special so I can still like do them forever. But I'm like, I don't, I don't like doing my jokes forever. I get so sick of them. I don't want to do. Wait, wait, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, almost 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can get to fucking 22 and then you're like, no, you're still, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind doing these jokes for the, I wouldn't mind. Never back in the day. It was so nice. When I first started touring, I was doing it probably 12 years and you had a, you could go on stage with literally a wealth of material yeah. and murder at, at, from any different angle. And there was never parameters set up on being original or it was just like murder. So you they would have never seen you and you would crush. And then the next show you'd crush with all new material. And then the next show you'd use whatever. And people were like, God, this guy's fucking genius. Then specials came out and you were like, okay, that's my first special. Then that's my next special. Now I got to write all new material. And now you're just, and now, and now, I mean, touring has gotten, it's like, it's like, be careful what you wish for, because now the way touring is, it is, literally have a new hour or you don't tour right. have a brand new hour and then you're doing like these packed theaters and shit and i know you're doing like the outdoor stuff but it's like there's so many people there and it's not like because I, i've been realizing so much more and more how i was putting so much pressure on each set i was doing so i was like all right each set was like my special every night i'm like i'm doing like two a night what am i doing so i was putting them and now i'm like oh no it's all to like they're all open mics to get to the special, but then it's like when you're on the road and you're doing these big venues, you don't want to like be open micing for all of these people paying, but I guess they just have to deal with it sometimes. No, no. I think, I, I think, you know, Daniel Tosh said to me one time, he goes, uh, I, I was like, wow, man, I'm really, it was right after Sully landed that boat in the landed the plane in the, in the, in the East river. Essentially it was, but he flew the boat and he landed the plane. Yeah, exactly. And so I said to Tosh, I was like, God, man, you are killing with all new material. I, I feel like I need to write more. And he goes, no, 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 get famous. I said, what? And he goes, get famous, then find out if you can write. There's no reason for you to find out if you can write without. And that is what uh, the problem with a lot of young comics is they put themselves on a Bill Burr, Joe Rogan uh, pedestal and they go, I've got to write and create no 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 just get good at stand-up and mer try getting one hour that's good that's really hard and then if you can get an hour that's good tore the fuck out of it no one's ever gonna remember who the fuck you are tore the fuck out of it do a special and then fucking see if you can write because yeah that's like it's i'm telling you it's i was just talking to segura segura and i are doing a, a big show together that we haven't announced yet what's and it called? what what's it called I can't tell you. It's a, it's no, it's a, 
it's a live show. It's uh, coming up. And so um, we haven't announced it yet. And he said, I don't Can I give you a title? Yeah, please. Baddies. <laughs> baddies. I, I think both of us would probably be offended by that. How sick of you are, are you of being called fat and racist, which is all your own fault? No, by the way, no, it's not any of my fault at all. What are you talking about? Well, maybe put the food down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> first of all, first of all. Who started it? Who started it, Tom? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom started both of them. Holy, let's fuck him up. Yeah, no, here's the deal. Tom started calling me fat. Uh, Ari has no frame of reference for anything. Like he has, like he, Ari just finds the angle and then takes the angle and was like, oh yeah, you're, 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 you're fat. And you're like, okay. But by the way, I'm, I'm not as like, there are guys like Sugura is actually fatter than me. (laughs) He is actually fatter than me. (laughs) That's what makes it even more infuriating. Oh yeah. But you just realize that like some guys, some guys love to find an angle and hit the angle. I don't, I don't really care about the fat shit because it's, first of all, I am overweight. I definitely am overweight. I would love to be in better shape. Um, the racist thing was the one that bothered me because I was like, it sucks to be called racist. I mean, that is not, Oh, it's, and it's, there's no shaking it. Once that is who they determine you are. They do so cartoonish though. Yeah, but yeah, but no, like, uh, so what happened was that black box day on Instagram, the, um, I had to disable comments because, and then by, and then disabling comments, people actually came out and called me legit racist by disabled comments. Cause I didn't want the dialogue to be racist jokes, which I didn't think was appropriate, which because I'm not a racist, I didn't find it appropriate. And then because I disabled comments, people said my silence is deafening. I'm actually a racist. That was an impossible day, by the way. That was an impossible day. An impossible the whole movement was like really hard. That's why I have a theory that do you remember when that was like right around like a week into the Black Lives Matter, like social media movement um, was when people started tweeting about Joey saying that thing about blowjobs back in the day with Joe Rogan. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and it's because it was like female comics that were doing it that were like not at the store. And I'm like, oh my God, these white women, these white female comics were, it was so uncomfortable to try to discuss race that they were like, wait, now we have an opportunity to go back to being the victims again. Really? You think- these horrible victims of like misogyny and comedy. It's like, are you fucking kidding? Just write jokes. Nobody's like let, leaving women out. I only thought it, I didn't know. I, I saw the one lady, I won't say her name. Cause uh, I don't, I don't, there's no reason to light her up. I saw, I saw the one lady. Uh, was really fucking pissed, and and which is interesting because I know that like I don't actually know her. I, I think I met her. But I don't know her uh, per se, but I know she's actually really good friends with one of my really good friends who is you know like a guy like that. Not not a guy guy like that, but like I just I, ju- I just like I j- it just kind of caught me off guard. I didn't see that coming from there, and then I heard it, and I was like I. Th- thought her attack was more on rogan to be honest with you like i thought like i don't think she really cared much about joey i think right. the idea that rogan laughing was what her thing set that set her off i mean it was like because he's so i mean it's just funny when you people's interpretations of rogan are very funny they're just not ever correct he's like but, such a nicer guy than people think he is i think uh, i guess you just assume people have money so they're pieces of shit but yeah <laughs> so much chiller. yeah i don't i i i gave up listening to that dialogue 
I think I was a little closer to it in, in different times because of, of my interactions with Joe. Like I've known Joe, I've known Joe for a long time, but I've done like I've, we did sober October and I talked shit about him on, on, on social media during that time. And yeah. I talked trash on him. Like, like, it, so like I, I'm very intimate with the level of level of adoration he gets based on the hate I got when I talk shit about, I don't know. I, I was joking when I was like, Joe, you run one mile, I'll run two. Like, I thought everyone would see that as a joke. Oh, well, people get so mad anyway. Like, I once, um, oh, it was because of you. I took, um, I made fake abs, because you made fake abs once. Yeah. And I made, like, fake ripped abs with, like, makeup. Yeah. And people were like, you think you have abs, bitch? And then I, like, once I posted, my friend was, like, eight months pregnant. And I was, like, I was FaceTime with her and just, like, showing my stomach and being like look abs which like joking people like you fucking cunt you don't have abs you're like oh my god get out of well, the gym see, stop the thing, steroids your, your balls are shriveled up and you're acting crazy it's the circle see i, I don't know i'm trying to I, I i'm still trying to wrap my head around this because i'm going through it right now with joe because joe oh because uh, he's doing sober october and then you're not doing it that? by the way which is tom and i actually just talked about this on our podcast such horseshit he we tried to find out if we were doing it. And he just never replied. And then like three days in, he's like, so are we doing this? And we Wait, thought also, he- then he posted the highest post I've ever seen in my life about the Oreos. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, anyway, so, but, but you know, this is how you have to compartmentalize your relationship with Joe is that, uh, if he posts a joke where he's, where he's busting your balls and saying that you bitched out in sober October, a lot of the people that read that, believe you're now weak with no discipline because that's his fan base his fan base has many uh circles of yeah, fans they're, on it. they're like you're it's, it's, <laughs> it's got comics right it's got some fucking lunatics that believe aliens and space shuttle right, landing. Right, like, right. it's got those and then it's got this like die hard discipline i got through i got off opioids and now i work out like crazy right. and that's my new addiction right. but i find joe's discipline admirable and and guys like myself and Segura and Ari are like loathed by those guys, especially. Right. And I am ultimately loathed by them because I do talk shit and I say, oh, I can run a marathon with no training at all. And then I do it. And then all their gods are then taken down where they're like, well, hold on. That's bullshit. If he didn't train the right way, he didn't do it properly. Everyone's and then so business is the problem. Where it's just like, uh, it's it, but but we me and Segura got a lot of hate because we quote unquote bitched out of sober October. And I know for a fact, Joe had no intention of, of throwing us under the bus or like being like, look at these fucking assholes. He was just trying to out like more so than I think people realize he's very tapped out of like the comments and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he is. Did you see what I got him in trouble accidentally because he retweeted, I have the mask. Oh wait, where are they? Should show you one of them, but my masks like, I've seen them. Yeah. Not that I drew. And, um, he was like, oh, those are hilarious. I'll post them. And they had made a, they just mock them up at the company that I do them through. So they mock them up on like, they put them on black people, old people, and they put one on a kid, which was hilarious. I'm sorry. There was yeah. no real kid. It was like well, Photoshop. See, yeah. It's not a real thing. Also, this is a symbol. It's not actually genitals or anything. And, um, and it's a drawing and it's a cartoon. Like there's just like so many levels of it not being a thing. So when Joe retweeted it, that was like the picture that came up was the kid. And people were like, take it down, Joe. It's pedophilic, like all this stuff. And he didn't even, I just had to tell him to take it down because he didn't see that people were coming at him. 
sense. Here, wait, put this one up instead. But it's just like, uh, he is like tapped out of that. So he probably didn't even like realize that that was going to. No, he definitely didn't. Because me, Tom and Ari had to text, we're texting with each other. Because like an art, someone wrote an article about it saying that Joe Rogan tells his fans they need to suck it up or whatever. And like, oh, and so take them down so bad. Oh, they, that's the thing is that you're, I don't know, whatever. I really, I honestly, you just can't give anything energy these days because they're the people that are getting upset and the people that, the people that are, are upset with me right now, because me and Tom and Ari are not doing sober October because we're not going to start October 5th. Yeah. Um, the people that are upset, you just have to go like, Hey man, I don't know what to tell you if this is really something that's keeping you up at night. And if you really are hate, you actually hate me now because of whatever you heard Joe say, I can't help you, man. I think you're real. It can't be real. If that's real, like you, first of all, you can't take anything personally in life from anyone anyway, because everyone is self-serving and they're just, it's just a projection of themselves anyway. But on top of that, you certainly can't take personally, like the ideas of a stranger online. It's like, you have no clue. They're like an egg. It doesn't, so I but it does. It, it, it does. I does it really not? The internet. Does it really not affect you? Because it does affect me. No, it's a process you have to go through. You're like, I have to be like, oh, I have to remind myself because it's. Well, however, I react to it is a trigger that I'm having. Having right. So like all these like therapy, like you know, it's like a therapy talk, but it's you know, you can't feel you. No one can make you feel a thing you didn't already feel about yourself. So maybe there's like a little guilt that you have about it or whatever. No, but it's true. It's like yeah. No, I know. I know, but. But you I, have felt the I, feel, I feel horribly about myself. Like I don't like me. Like I, I, there's a lot I don't like about me where, where I lay in bed and I go like, I, I told Tom, I was like, maybe we should put our podcast back on Spotify. Cause I wonder if that has, wonder if they, I wonder if they don't, don't want us involved with sober October and they asked Joe to do it by himself. And this is the easiest way he did it. And Tom's like, you're being crazy. I go, Oh no, that's what my brain does. My brain yeah. is not. You have like, like I will, thoughts where you just like spin. Yeah. I spin out of control on, on little shit and it's, and it's not, well, I mean, as long as you're aware of it, it's actually like, that's the way out is just being aware. Oh, as long as you go like, Oh, I'm spinning. Like that's literally like all you have to do. I had an allergy attack that, uh, Sometimes if I get like too much dust or pollen in my lungs, I, I can, I can develop some congestion and, uh, and I cough it up See. and I have convinced myself I have coronavirus despite having no symptoms, have not, not one symptom except for a cough. Right. So people would just go, you probably have a cough as opposed to the virus that's going around. And I've spun myself out so bad that I, I have a, I have a, a fucking concierge nurse coming over to give me a test. And, 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 and she said, because testing has been through the roof lately, they can't get my results back for two hours. And I'm like, then how do we know we're going to trust these? Where do we know that they've been for two hours? Like I I'm not healthy about that shit. That's why I really don't read comments. I really don't get into the comments and by, hold on to be fair. I can be dragged in meaning. I mean, sometimes I'll, listen, I'll be very good bird. And then I'll spend a day DMing one person. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, oh, I, I met a guy, a guy said like on that nunchuck thing, he goes, oh, this is the epitome of white privilege. And I'm like, I have a friend that's a pilot that took me up for 20 minutes. Like nothing's going on. Yeah. It's, he had, it was a routine thing he had to do, but it's like none of his fucking business anyway. But it like, it just hit me. It really pissed me off. And I'm like, yeah. you don't know what my money's, you don't know what my situation is. You don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, it was just so fucking annoying. And then he was like, it's, Someone was like, this isn't political, like chill. And he's like, she's wearing an American flag top. It's political. And I'm like, so now you're calling me like, you think I'm like a 
right wing. And it, it's like all from this one video that he's literally just jealous I'm on an airplane. And the only reason I got triggered is because I found out he was like a director that had worked with. He had, we had like friends in common. And I was like, you fucking scumbag. Like I was so mad. Oh. And then I realized like, I'm like, I was like, wait, I'm being so, I always say whenever I'm triggered, I say twiggered. Cause it's like, reminds me that I'm being a baby. I'm like, what am I doing? Who cares? This is nothing. This person didn't even, doesn't know me or anything. He's just like saying a thing to feel better about himself. But then, it, but then it puts you into a place. Tell me if you ever do this. Where you, cause I would argue. Nice when you talk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I would like argue that, um, and I, I'm being boastful, but I would argue that people like myself and you mm -hmm. are smarter, smarter when it comes socially, uh, social media wise, we're a little savvy where maybe my wife's not savvy, right? Like my wife at one point was like, Oh, I'm part native American. And I go, Hey, don't say that shit. That shit got Elizabeth Warren in a lot of trouble. Just don't, there's no reason to tell anyone just know it. And if you're proud of that, then that's awesome. But don't go bragging. Cause People of color hear that a different way than what you mean to say. Right. He's like, what are you talking about? And you're like, I don't know. I'm just telling you. So I did a thing with um, with Snoop Dogg where I was on a golf cart and they handed me an American flag. And they're like, yeah. you hang on the back and you hold the American flag, wave yeah. it. And I went, hey, listen, I'm really cool with that. But we got to clear this with everybody. And they're like, what do you mean? And I go, uh, American flag these days, for some people, that's a hate crime. Right. Like, it's see so, that. It's and then everyone's talking to me like I'm fucking crazy. And I'm like, hey, hey, asshole, it's not my friends. It's not my family. It's your you're the one who just right. handed me the rebel flag or the, the not rebel. That would cause a fight. At this point, it's the new rebel flag. It's it so is. And so I go, don't make me look like a fucking lunatic. I'm not the one that gets triggered by a fucking American flag. Right. However, when you see it, you associate it with with politics as opposed to our country this guy so, yeah no that's what that guy did and he was white i go he said the white privilege thing and i go hey i only take criticism from people of color so it's like i when it's like white people and dear white people i'm like hey how about this white person suck my dick how about that yeah shut the fuck up don't talk to me about this this is about understanding the experience of other people not you telling me that i'm supposed to understand the experience of other people it's yeah like, it's 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 and, and, you know, and what, what I think the, the, especially the Joey Joe thing brings up with someone like me, when I saw that, when I saw that, I, I didn't, I, I was like, wow, that does sound, it doesn't sound great in today's mm -hmm. culture, but, and my, but part of me is like, that's it's so Joey is he also put a man in a trunk. Like he also like, Joey, he, like, listen, and Joey exaggerate. That's what Joe was. Yeah, Joey talks shit. I don't actually believe that some girl thought that I, I personally when i heard it was like i think that's a lie i think joe's laughing at the ridiculousness that's a hundred exaggeration but that's joey is but and then i thought how many of us have gone on joe's podcast and said ridiculous things right. to make joe laugh or make tom laugh or make people right. laugh like you know and you, and you're like it just seems like it seems to me like people pick and choose and have total blind sides on other things that I find somewhat egregious. Right. Well, I do think that a lot of times it's like, it's not a real thing. And like I said, I think it felt like to me, like, oh, finally a break from having to like, feel like a guilty white person. Now we're like, girls were tweeting, female comics that aren't past the comedy store who like, love to complain about the comedy store where it's like, there's no women on the lineup. I'm like, I'm on all of them. You don't follow me, bitch. Like you obviously don't care. It's like, you want yourself on the lineup. 
I remember when that one girl came on, the Irish girl. Uh, yeah. Oh I, I, my I god! I was listening to that like the the what the woman the female entitlement in that where it's like I'm what you should like unroll this red carpet for me and do all this stuff. It's like this is just it's hard. That's the point of comedy. It's hard. Like keep going, keep going, keep going. Like that's the point. Like just keep going. You get funnier. The harder it is, it's like you're under pressure and like a diamond comes out. Like you just keep going and yeah. you tell jokes, get out of it, box your way out of it, tell a joke, like get around it. Like, what are you talking about? You don't just demand to get past and then get call sexism when you're not. I got so much shit about that podcast. You were so nice though. You were being nice. Well, I, I you know what it is, is I, I, first of all, I don't like confrontation. I really don't like confrontation. I don't like, and, and there's a part of me that is legit an asshole, right? Like, like legit. It's the reason I don't get competitive is like Tom and I played tennis the other day and I hit a ball that was in and they called it out because Tom was losing that set or that game. And I, and I felt it because people know I don't like conversation. Sometimes people take advantage of that and right. kind of step all over you. And I go, and, and it, it cuts back to this, this mantra I have where that sets me off where I go. So you think I'm weak. Like you, you're mistaking my kindness or my, 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 my personality for weakness. It's not weakness. Don't fuck with me. I will lose my fucking shit. But when in that podcast, it was like really an interesting time in this world because I am a meathead. I am a moron. And my wife will say for whatever fucking reason, I mean, I don't listen to her excuse a woman, but she says I'm misogynist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and she then I smack her and she, she shuts will, the fuck up. <laughs> she will say that I believe in the patriarchy and, and she will talk shit about that. And so at this time, I was like learning and listening. You were listening. I thought you were being really, no, I thought you were being really like generous and listening and trying to. And I was, yeah, and I was trying to be, but you know who got upset the most was the female comics at the store because they were like, yeah, we've busted our ass to get on that lineup. And you're pretending that because I'm not, you know, maybe like a, a, a bigger alternative comic, right? Because I work at the store, I'm, I don't count. And I thought that was fascinating well also what i felt like from it was like all right with these girls that complain like that all right let's give them two options one option is you can get passed you're on the lineups but no other women are on the lineups or you can never be passed but other women more women will be on the lineups like what would they pick they're talking about themselves and then they're saying it's easier i have a twin brother so when i was a kid it was always easier to advocate for him like for myself through him than for myself because i felt selfish and i think that's like a girl thing we're like oh we don't want to seem selfish or whatever but it's like that's self it's selfish like there's not enough women it's like what are you you're, and they're not there i'm like so come like get the spot come get yeah. it you have to wait in line there's no like like passing through i mean sometimes there is like i'm sure like nikki didn't audition or whatever you know and i'm sure you know what i mean like there's certain people that are a certain yeah. level just get right in but it's like you have to be at that level in america you can't it doesn't I, i'll tell you what i'll tell you what though nikki maybe didn't have to um like audition the traditional way but she did have to go up one night in front of adam and adam had to say to her hey just so you know you can do spots and just for the record i that is technically what happened to me and it is just as fucking nerve-wracking as being being at the bottom, it is terrifying because you're like, I'm a legit comic. Like if I, if he yeah. says no, that is a That's big. So place. embarrassing. <laughs> oh, he said no to me once. I went the first time I wanted to get past Al Madrigal and Bill Burr pulled him aside and said, "Burr should be working here." And Adam said, "I don't have the room." And I and that is not the answer I thought I was going to hear. I'm with Bill Burr. That's, who's saying, oh yeah, that's not. Burt needs well, to I work got here. passed by by Tommy, 
And I didn't know it was like a big deal to get passed. I was just coming in from New York. I didn't know much about the comedy store or anything like that. So I just came in and was like, I had been opening for Marin and, um, and I was doing Chelsea lately and I'd just come back from Montreal. And so I just figured I would perform at the clubs. Like it just didn't cross my mind. So, um, Marin wrecked me and then was like, come in. Uh, Tommy was like, come in on Monday and do the, do a spot. I was like, okay. And so I just went in, I did the spot and he passed me like right away and I had no clue. And then everyone hate, I was like, why does everyone hate me? <laughs> why does everyone hate my fucking guts? But I was not nervous when I went up because I didn't even know it was an audition. See, that's what, can I tell you? That's what, oh, hold on. I, I want to talk about Tommy. Don't let me forget to talk about Tommy. Okay. Sure. Um, but can I tell you, that's what, when Binder said that about you on the Bill Burt podcast last week, that is what made me laugh so hard. You do not seem like someone who gets caught up in politics. You do not seem like someone who gets like you. I think I envy you sometimes. because I feel like you are the real version of who people think I am, mm. except, except you don't need drugs or alcohol. You you're stone sober and just getting through life just fine. I mean, I do mushrooms, acid, DMT, yeah. ayahuasca, special K. But yeah, that know. stuff is fine. But no booze. Because you got, uh, and I'll never forget this, you got a hand, foot, and mouth disease from it. No, I got trench mouth. Trench mouth. Dead trench mouth. I cannot, I, I My think. My dogs were receding. I was like, it felt like, you know, when you floss for the first time in a while and it's like hurts? It felt yeah. like that all day, like aching all day, every day. I was a bartender. I'm like, my teeth hurt. I th it's They started to feel loose. I was like, oh my God, my teeth are going to fall out. It's that so funny to be like, and I was like, a ch I was like chubby because I was drinking a lot, but I was still like pretty cute. So I was like this cute little chubby girl. I was like, imagine I was like missing my teeth. Like I would have started giving such good head though. I would have <laughs> gotten been, so popular. If you've my been teeth very fell. careful. <laughs> But okay, so let's let's. I want to go back. I want to talk about Tommy because I really feel like that guy gets a bad rap. Like he's never here to defend himself. No one talks good about him. Yeah. He made he made the biggest mistakes that caused the store the most amount of heartache ever. Passing me <laughs> by and banning Joe. <laughs> and, I said I won't work unless Joe's gone. I said that. But it's but it's, I feel bad for that guy because he was not nice to me. He was not an he was not nice. I can't sit here and say that he was like great to me. He was nothing but uh, outright rude to me. Right. And, 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 and the reason I did not work the store was because he insisted that I, that I park cars when I had a TV show at the time. I know it's so crazy. Right. And, but, but I, I want to hear something nice about the guy because I feel like, I feel like all that anytime he's, he's ever brought up on my show, it's very negative. It's like yeah. people, not saying like I feel like it's not I hate the pile on it's like I hate the pile on too and and but I can't like it's like we were talking about a friend the other day at a dinner party and someone's like he's just doing something shady and and by the way he had done something directly shady to me that everyone kind of was like that's fucked up and I was defending the pile on right and I was like defending the pile on going hey guys listen I feel like we're all directing this one direction and she feels like she needs to defend him and she goes, he's not a bad guy. And I went, hold on, let's stop Shia there. She goes, well, no one should have anything bad to say about him. And I, and I literally was like, shut down. I was like, hold on, I have a lot bad to say about him. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying let's not pile on him. Can you the pile on it? What? All I want to know is what, who you're talking about. You don't know him. Oh. He's, a, he's a neighborhood friend. And, uh, and, but, but it's so funny because I feel like that poor guy, Tommy, like, I feel like 
his I feel like here's what I feel like he loved the comedy store more than anything in the world. Um, he loved comics the way Mitzi loved comics. I don't think he really had an insight towards comedy personally. I don't think he was like some savant, like maybe like a Barry Katz that can really scope out comedy or, or maybe like a, a Judy uh, Marmel or, 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 uh, guy dave becky like those guys know is judy your manager he's my manager yeah oh, well, i love judy. I, I love judy I reckon i could i haven't seen her in years and i recognized her with her mask on i was like i'm looking good yeah. it makes me feel so proud of myself when i can i recognize people she's uh she's but she knows you know like she knows comedy and, and she'll swing and miss sometimes on things with me but it's not like like i i'll listen to everything she has to say but I don't think Tommy had that. He had a, but he did have a love for that place. And it bums me out that he is now remembered only negatively, you know? He did get caught stealing. So that's some of it. It's like you yeah. love this store, but you're stealing from it. I mean, I guess that's how it happens everywhere. But I guess with Tommy, like, um, you know, there's so much ego involved in this business and stuff. And I think he really got off on the like the making and breaking of people. I just happen to be on the positive end of that. So I really don't have anything bad to say about him. I came in, he passed me right away. He was always really nice to me. He was like, I see what's happening. He's like, you're newer, but I want to put you, he was, he always said, he was like, I want to put you in between like the famous people and like they'll hoist you up. And then, um, you know, he left and then my spots, I was like, are you guys opening the store later? So you could put me up later. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm like, it's did five your, in the morning. I'm just going spots, up. Did your spots go down when he left? Mm -hmm. They went, not, not the, quantity but the time but you know it also makes sense because adam was like let me stack the lineups adam really changed that place for the better in my opinion but, but i'm saying that very selfishly because when i showed up i saw just huge fucking names there yeah and i was like I wow i remember i remember looking at tickets mike binder says this in the documentary he went in and it was a night where it was like he was like, what, what's going on tonight? And Bill's like, this is just the store. It's kind of crazy that that's going to go away. You know, listen, who knows what will happen? I'm I, can really you, I can tell you what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I, I'm predicting the biggest name in stand-up comedy moved to Austin. I think Segura's moving to Austin. I hear other people are moving to Austin. Joey left. Not me. Yeah. I'm not fucking going. I said I'd run for mayor before I moved to Austin. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to fucking stay here. I, I'm definitely staying here. I have children that live here. Like that was the other thing. Can I tell you since, by the way, this is becoming a very gossipy podcast on my part. Cause I don't normally talk like this. I got fucking lit up at a guy online and I blocked him and I fucking hate him because I don't know what I posted, but he wrote back like, ha 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 ha. What are you going to do now that all your friends moved to Austin and you're building a new house sucks for you, Bert. And I felt like going, yeah, man, it does. And and I, I really hate you now. And I blocked you. And I hope that you never see me live. I hope that I never give you any joy in what I do. Because, yeah, buddy, what kind of fucking heavy, garbage, baby, enjoy. <laughs> what kind of garbage human being rejoices in someone's shortcomings or, or failures? It's actually so sad that people are leaving. Like Dude, they're all my all my best friends are gone. I mean, and, and, and Segura is legit my best friend. And he's moving and I can't, I can't say to him, I can't give him a reason not to like, I think it's good for him and his family. And I really do. And, and I, and I go and you know, Joey left. And I really think that Joey oh, was right in leaving. That was really sad when Joey left. 
And Joda. I did his podcast. I, I did his I, podcast. Listen, I did his podcast. We yeah. end the podcast. He stands up. He goes, all right. Okay, beautiful. Or whatever the fuck he says, you know. He stands up and he starts taking the paintings off the wall. I was like, can you wait for me to leave? Oh, my God. I was like, uh, I feel really awkward. Fucking Joey. This podcast is brought to you by Fiverr. Look, the way we worked together seemingly changed overnight. If there's one thing we've learned is having access to the right resources is essential at adapting your business. 2020 has been a year of uncertainty. So how can you plan your business for the unexpected? There's so much happening right now. Finding the right talent can be time-consuming, frustrating, and outright expensive. Well, Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including... What I love more than anything, graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and so much more. We have just added a new person to our team. Congratulations. Happy to have you aboard. And we got them through Fiverr. We got them through Fiverr because I wanted something very specific and I didn't want to know. I didn't want to get someone then have them charge me more once they know I needed them. That was the thing that was bothering me. It's absolutely great. It's easy. You can customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller review, or more. No more guessing games. You know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating needed. And the best thing, they have a network of talented, quality, talented uh, people that you can count on. Freelancers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Find freelancers that are ready when you are. Their Fiverr's platform is so flexible, it's enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out fiber.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my promo code BERTCAST. Find all the digital services you need in one place at fiverr.com and use the code BERTCAST. Again, that's fiber.com and use the code BERTCAST. This podcast is brought to you by Whoop, the best wearable fitness tracker I have ever used in my entire life. Listen, this has been a very tough year. We all are trying to live just a tad bit healthier. And we need to know more about ourselves and our behaviors and find out how they impact us. And with this WHOOP, you can get to know yourself on a much deeper level. This is a fitness tracker that provides personalized insights into your body's recovery, strain, and sleep with actionable feedback in real time. Know when your body's rested or recovered so you know how much stress you can put on your body the next day. I use that with the strain coach. The strain coach, I plug it in and it'll give me like a parameter of where I can work out, where I, where I know that I've done something without a coach or someone going to a boot camp or going to a hot spin class. I wouldn't know that the insides whoop provides are next level. It really is the best fitness tracker I've ever worn. And it can let you know how behaviors like taking CBDs or drinking caffeine or drinking booze or certain impacts of your diet affect your sleep recovery in a way that's personalized to the, you can understand how to better optimize your behaviors. For anyone looking to build a healthier, smarter habit in life, this Whoop is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com, enter the code BERT at checkout to save 15% off. That's W-H-O-O-P.com, enter the code BERT. Get to know yourself on a deeper level. Unlock yourself with Whoop. I was just like, oh. So sad, but I mean, I, he seems really happy. I, I'm um, really, really very close with Bonnie McFarlane. I talked to her like for five hours a day and she, um, her, you know, she's married to Rich Foss. He, she's like, oh, they hang Rich out. Ross, Rich, Rich, Rich Foss does comedy. What's that? Is her husband does comedy. Yeah. Rich Foss. Oh. You don't know him? Are you joking? 
Is that where does he do it out of? Are you joking? Yeah, I'm really joking. Oh, okay. That's so funny. It's like he deserves it. I'm just for the audience at home. Maybe they don't. Uh, know yeah, no, no. I this love guy. Him. He's like a low key. He's like, you know, he's barely, he's a new guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a new guy. He's he'll get he'll get out there. Man, he used to be such a ball buster when I lived in New York. Oh, like, he's the best. I call him Dumbo. I love him. He's so stupid. I love him. But you were saying you were talking to Bonnie, and she said yeah, and she said that him and him and Joey hang out like every day. It's like I'm happy for Joey. He's like he's good. I but think Joey Joey wanted. I, I think, in all fairness, the life Joey wanted did not exist here. Like it just didn't exist here. And it does happen in, in, in Jersey. It's like a man, you know, it's gotta be like, this sounds crazy, but like, you know, Joey's so authentically Joey and he has such a weird set of life experiences that like the closest he came to being regular was like coming to my house for Easter. And my house was still fucking kind of Hollywood, but like people understood him and, or being at the store, you know? But like you don't get that when you're just Joey and Terry and Mercy living right. in in the valley. You're not getting that at school. You're not meeting a lot of parents at school that have a lot of your similar similar beliefs. And and now that school's not coming back indefinitely for kid like Mercy, it's just like Joey's like you know, I want my life. My I feel the same way. I want my daughters to have full lives. And I hate. Trust me when I say I talked to Joe for a, a little bit. I talked to Tom. I contemplated moving to Austin just so my daughters could live a high school life, but their life is here and my life is here and I have too many projects going on to leave right now. And so I'm so happy to hear that you're saying, I can't believe it. So who's Um, staying? So who's staying that we know Whitney's thinking about moving. Whitney's thinking about moving, but she's here for, you know, for a while. Like I can't, I mean, unless she's just like going to up and move, but I haven't like seen any plan. I mean, she's renovating her house. So it seems like, it seems like what she's doing. I still want to talk about her summer camp, but it seems like what you guys are doing looks so much fucking fun. And then, then, did you see the fucking shitty post Whitney sent? She goes, she goes, I sent, I sent a text about you guys uh, being in a, doing a polar plunge. Did you see that? Uh Uh-uh. I sent it to, I did, uh, did and then she goes, Ooh, kind of gross. Bert sounds like he's jealous, not a good look or something. Oh, and she posted that? Yeah, and I was like, hey, Whitney, yeah, I am jealous. You got like fucking nine friends and you guys were all hanging out, having a fucking blast, and all my friends left. I was like, what so the- You have to start hanging out. You have to be the one guy. I'm the I'm I'm saying right now in in Hollywood, it's uh it's a short it, it's it'll be interesting what the lineups at the store look like. That's but see, honestly, I do feel like there's opportunity in both places, right? Like I think. And I always felt like I had to live in New York or LA. I could never live anywhere else. And the fact that there's like options opening up, but I, the more I've thought about my friends leaving and myself leaving, I'm like, I love it here. I love it here. I love Los Angeles. I go to the beach all the time. I can go hiking in the mountains. It's like, I went camping, um, like four hours North. It was the most beautiful. It's like, I, I did mushrooms on this hike and I was like, I'm in actual heaven. Like, I was like, I don't think I should be allowed where I'm walking right now. I thought like a dinosaur was going to walk by. I'm like, we live I love, in beautiful I love this city. And if you take advantage of this city, it's a great city. When you, all the things you have in this city, it's a great and, city. And can I tell you like the industry and all this, I used to take everything personally. And maybe this will help you too. When you're like getting, cause I get pissed too. I get triggered. And then I realized, do you watch the show survivor? 
I, I have, yeah. Oh, big mistake that you're not watching. It's still the best show on television. For real? But, um, yeah, I'll give you my CBS All Access. It's They have every episode. I've watched them several times each. By the way, I've never watched an episode of Survivor that I didn't like, so you're right. It's absolutely the number one best show on television. Like, I almost named my dog Jeff Probst because I'm so on the dick of Survivor. It's like, it's just the best show. And what I realized is, and I just, I had this epiphany. I was like, I've been taking all of these, like, people's, like, career moves and I'm trying to Hollywood their way into things very personally. It's like bothered me. I'm like, that's not how I have a work ethic. I do all this. Like I get mad when these girls complain or when these guys complain or anyone, you know, like, and then I realized we're in a fucking, we're in a season of survivor Hollywood, maybe even life in general is a season of survivor. So it's about outwitting outlasting and outplaying everyone. And you need to be able to, to vote people out and still have their vote jury vote at the end. So like all these times, like people will do these shitty things to me and I go, Oh, they're just trying to like win. And then also have my jury vote. Like I shouldn't take it personally. It's just, it's just a game. Right. Interesting that you say that it's just a game. Sometimes I, I, I get like, uh, I'll get shitty messages from people like, or I'll read, I'll read shitty. I read a shitty message from a friend. Not, I mean, if I say friend, I would say friend, but I don't know if they're, if they, I don't know if they're my friend. Do you know what I mean? That's interesting you say that. Cause if you look at it like survivor, I read a shitty message from a person I consider a friend and it was about me, but they didn't realize they were saying it about me. They were just saying it about male comics that work at the store. And I read it and I went, well, that's not me at all. And, and then, but you are talking about my other really close. I know that you're, you don't think that I'm that that's not my friend group of friends, but it is. And then I was like, well, they would never say that to me. And I was like, you know what? I just got to not take it personal, you know, or like, or like, or like, uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, I got a, I got a message the other day that, um, Oh fuck. Oh, so I put out this, I put out this tweet. This was really like, I wish I could remember exactly what words were used, but, I put out this tweet saying, why wait? And I did a poll of Biden and Trump. Right. And so I want to just, it was the day before the, it was a big mistake, Annie. It was a big mistake. I mean, a bigger mistake could not have been taken that day on the internet. Day before the day before the, uh, before the, the debates and I throw up, why wait? It might've been the morning of the debates. Anyway, I get on line. I go, I go to play tennis. I get done playing tennis and I look and I go, wow, Biden's up 58%. You know, and and if we're going to be honest, I said, I can't believe I have that many democratic followers. You wrote that? No, no. I just thought, and I just thought I didn't say a fucking word. And then all of a sudden, like two o'clock, two, I remember it was two o'clock because all of a sudden Trump was up by like 58% and Biden's down. And I tweeted like surprising turn of events. And this guy wrote back the funniest thing. He goes, Trump supporters just got back from work. You're going to see this go like the idea that Biden supporters don't work. Oh, fucking killed my me. God, killed me so, right? <laughs> so then, so then all of a sudden it fucking takes off. Like Trump wins by 78%. Like that. And, and that's the end of the poll. And this one girl, who I, fo- I now follow, I, I follow her now. She's, her, her title was the anti-comedian's anti-comedian. Okay. And 
but she said something really nasty to me. Like, like, uh, you're a typical, I, I knew you were a racist bigot, uh, that, and so are your fans and you guys deserve each other. So whatever she said, it was just, that's how, by the way, I don't know what she said, but that's how I read it. Right. Yeah. And so then I wrote something nasty back to her and then I followed her and I was like, I DM'd her. I was like, I'm really sorry. I should have never said that nasty back to you. And I should have DM'd you and just said exactly what I shouldn't have tried to zing you. And then she just DM me back. She was like, I'm really sorry. I should have realized the bots got a hold of this. And the Trump supporters aren't your fans. It's the internet. Because that's what happens. The Russian bots got a hold of it, farmed it out to the Trump supporters. Trump supporters, by the way, 18,000 of them retweeted it. None of them follow me. 18,000 Trump supporters retweeted it. Someone was like, aren't you lucky you don't have Trump supporters as fans? I was like, the fuck? I'd love them for fans. Those are people that are smashing retweet buttons like crazy. Just boom, boom. Fuck yes. They would be. Dude, I'll cater my act to them. I don't give a fuck. Walk out with a Trump flag. Hey, guys, did everyone buy merch? You just get rich. I'm like, I always look at them like, you know, because I have a, um, a girlfriend who's a pretty early in open micer. And I was talking to her and she had done like a, a video on um, something. I don't think it was the Dalia thing or something where it was like kind of defending one of the guys. And she got off this like good, like attention from it and i was telling her i was like listen you're gonna be tempted to like tommy loren this shit <laughs> just try to i just think it's like really important for us to be as neutral as possible as people that are doing jokes like i just think it's like yeah. it's not, we're not here like the comics that are out there like you need to vote it's like okay i guess like the idea of voting or whatever but it's like can we do this in joke form and can we be entertaining when we're doing it because lecturing people as comics when we're literally the class clown losers like we do comedy because we can't do anything fucking else i hope yeah, you know I mean? like we're fucking. I mean, can you imagine if they're like? I mean, didn't you didn't you have a did you have a show where you had to do people just people's jobs? Yeah, hurt Bert. Yeah, it's like you couldn't do it. Look at you. They gave you a show because yeah. it was such a joke. Yeah, and, I, I, and I was horrible at everyone's jobs. Yeah, because we're we're idiots. We're idiots, and maybe we're like good at like putting things into a certain structure, but it's like we're not in a place where we should be like taking ourselves that seriously. It's like whatever, and I think like. You know, it's important to try not to get triggered by these things, triggered by these things, and to just fucking, we just, I mean, we're very, we're in a fortunate position where we can just kind of have fun, like our job. It is weird, too, because, you know, one of the hot things to do on, on YouTube is, uh, is like, <clears throat> Theo Vaughn discusses Chris D'Elia, right? And then all of a sudden, you get 700,000 views. I don't know if you get subscribers out of that, you get 700,000 views. Uh, Chris and Bobby Lee dis discussed Aaliyah and you're like, I, I watched it. I watched it, but I don't know. Like this sounds really horrible, but I go, but you know who also watched it was Chris D'Elia. Like, <laughs> and oh, you're he, like, I'm just refreshing going, you fucking assholes. Like I'm, I'm certain. And, and you, you never know what you're saying. Like I, we talked about Rogan. I regret it immediately because I go, I hope I don't ever sound negative towards him. Cause I, he's also a human being. And if he saw this, I was like, Oh, I'm getting on a plane, Bert nanny. And then he's like, what did, why does Bert feel that way? Well, fuck, yeah. I got to call Bert. I don't want to deal with that shit. Cause I don't want him to feel bad, you know? Yeah. Like, or, or, um, everything's fine. I think that's why, what why, I, that's why I don't say that girl's name that retweeted all the stuff about Joey. Cause I, she seems nice enough. I don't know her right. personally. I think I met her once and, the time there's no reason to pile on it's all good like i've had to do that like where um 
my neighbor got really mad at me about my dog. She's like, you didn't adopt that puppy. 8 million dogs are killed because of, or whatever. And I went like, I was like, can you get away from it? And I started to get really pissed. Like, I was like, you need a boyfriend, bitch. Like, seriously, like, yeah. you need a fucking boyfriend. Like, you, you're being crazy. And, um, and I also do feel like I rescued him because he's so cute. But, um, but it's like, I had to think about, like, why am I getting so mad at this person? This is like her, she in her head is like saving puppies by young. Yeah, why do we get mad at people that don't? I, I, I live on a street that's one way, right? And, People drive the wrong way up this street all the time. Right. And I had to say to my therapist, I was like, I was like, it makes me crazy. Like I sit up at night and I can cocked ways to not just catch people, but fuck with their lives. Like I, I want to fuck. You got an actual net. I want to, I want, I've, so I've done a, a few things. That slings them back. <laughs> I've done a few things to make it difficult. I put a cone in, in the street right where it would make it tough for them to get around the cone. But if you're going the other, like I've done stuff and my, and, and my, my, my tray, my, my therapist, I was almost a trainer said to me, just out of curiosity, my emotional trainer said to me, he goes, can, do you think you can stop it forever? And I said, no. And he goes, so, if you can't stop it and it's going to happen, wouldn't it be easier just to accept it? And by the way, I think it's about drinking sometimes, Annie. I go, I, sometimes I'll get caught up. I don't know if you ever did this when you drank, but I'll get caught up in the negotiating whether or not I'm going to drink that night. Like that, like last night. Last night I said to myself, don't drink tonight. It's sober October. The shit Joe said about the stuff. You can still jump on the bandwagon. You can do it for yourself. Don't do it publicly, but just do it for yourself. Have fun this month. Don't drink. Don't party. And then, and then I start going, I start negotiating going, yeah, but you know what though, be honest with you, you, uh, you're not feeling well and you should use your right good night's sleep. And then I start saying stuff that's not even true. Uh, you know, you do drink, you do sleep better after you've had a couple drinks. That is true. And, and by all my whoop, for whatever reason, if I drink, I'm in the green. I I know that it's not healthy, but I'm in the green on the whoop. And so I'm like, (laughs) I'm like two drinks. Just I'll tell you what. Let's open a bottle of wine. Let's get in the sauna. Let's open a bottle of wine. Get on the treadmill. I'm doing all this negotiating, and I didn't drink uh, obviously, and so I, I end up going back and forth with myself so much that I go, I bet there must be a very big calm to someone who just goes, oh, I've been sober 16 years, like I'm just not. I, I don't. I think, I, I think like surrender is like a thing I keep telling myself. I want to like surrender like. I feel like every time I've had sort of that ego death and a hallucinogen trip or something, it's always like this feeling of surrender. And I'm like, oh, that's like where the peace is, right? Is like when you surrender to these things and it's just like, we don't have control over these things. So getting upset about them is like thinking that we have some sort of like control over what people think or like, or you think if you drink, you're going to be in the green. Like, it's like, you know, we like create these things. So we have no control. That's scary as shit. We're all going to fucking die. That's all what we're dealing with. All of us are dealing with. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're not immune. To, it's like fucking. That's what we're all dealing with. Rogan shoots elk. He goes into saunas. He goes into cold plunges. He float tanks. He works out. You drink. You have done a couple push-ups. You know, it's like we do. You know, it's like we all like I don't stop talking. Like maybe if I don't stop talking, I won't die. You know, like everything I do is like, we're all like, 
religion is like trying to have an afterlife. So we're alive. Like everything is just like, we're going to fucking die. And everyone we love is going to die. And it's tragic, but it's also the way it's supposed to be. So it's like, if you surrender to that, you get to enjoy it more than if you're like panicking about it. Cause I used to have, um, I remember I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico for seven years and my brothers, I have a twin brother and older brother and they didn't visit me except for one time. They came to visit me one time and they were staying over one night. I cried the whole, I was like 24. I wept the entire time because I knew they were leaving. And I was like, oh my God, this is how I like live my life. I'm always so worried about this inevitable bad ending. And it's like, you know, whether it's death or my dad, I'm always like my dad, you know, it's like I did ayahuasca and my whole, one of my big main things that I took from him is I had to have like a funeral for my dad. I killed him in my ayahuasca trip and I had to let him die. Cause I was like, is your just, dad dead? No, he's still alive, but he's 79. So I just was like, you know, I just have always, he's always been a little older. So I just was always worried about it. So I like had this experience of like having a funeral for him and a eulogy. And then I felt, I went like this on my chest because I was crying so hard and my chest got really heavy. And it was like my dad's hand inside my hand and his body was inside my body. And it was like, oh, I am my dad. So when my dad dies, he's still alive because he's through me. And that's how we're, it's through our families and our DNA that we like can live for ever until our species get ex- goes extinct which is going to happen but you it's just like accepting that we're going to fucking die like i don't know i just think drinking all of it and like you know when you're neg- doing those negotiations it's like i do that with food all the time i do that with a lot of things with weed i've been smoking weed recently and it's like i know it's not good for me it doesn't really bring me anything better than not smoking weed it keeps you from things and it's i do it because i'm avoiding some sort of feeling i don't want to have and if i sad and had the feeling i had a i had so I, I was doing really good with uh, anxiety um, until about roughly like two, three weeks ago, maybe I was sitting in a, in my trailer, getting ready to shoot a show and a Sam Kinison bit is on binders documentary. And it says it's a, his joke is uh, that his parents were giving him shit. And he's like, how about I, the, I'm fucking aborting the premise, but he's like, how about I give you shit before this? I was nothing. I was energy in a world and nothing. And then you gave me consciousness. And now I have to deal with the inevitability and the fear that I will be nothing. Once again, I was nothing before and I was cool with it. And Annie, I mean, talking to you right now about that fucking gets me. I start freaking out Mm because I go, I go one day I'll be nothing. One day I will not, be here i look at i have a picture and it's like in a weird way i we watched um we watched the hunger games the other day and there was so much death in it that i i it was giving me i was like i I couldn't enjoy it i was like i was like does no one see that this is just death this is non-stop death right like, katniss is killing people like and and then there's a picture of my grandmother and i just go she's been gone for like fucking 13 years gone like gone and like and no one talks about her every day like it's and And it's hard and it's weird and it's you know it's like the way like with brody where it's like each year um it's going to be less we talk about him less like it's just going to be less brody the more like luckily has so many fucking catchphrases but it's like you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And then you want to honor the dead. And then it's like, how much of that is important and how much of that is us again, avoiding our own death. Or, like, or saying like, Hey, just so you know, this is how I want you to behave when I'm gone. 
Yeah. Oh, can you guys talk about me a lot? <laughs> I want everyone to talk about me nonstop. Like um, I, I say to myself, I really say to myself, this sounds crazy. How much of my motivation of success of working hard and touring and, and being, being, uh, and, and, and being like not famous, but like putting out good material, putting out content that lives on how much of that is me trying to reap the rewards of today or, or hopefully, and this is sounds so fucking shallow, but that God forbid something happened to me this week, next week, two weeks from now that one day my daughters are, are at a dinner party and someone goes, did you ever hear the story of the Russian mafia? The guy that got involved with the Russian mafia and my daughters go, people still talk about my dad. My dad's still relevant, you know, like it, it like, or, or my dad lives on in story. Like the right. one thing we can do is tell a good story and it live on and people tell your joke or, or something small like that. Like when we do Brody's bits, they mean, a, they, this sounds silly to anyone listening to this. They, they mean something to us. Right. Enjoy it. Brody Stevens, 818 till I die. Like they means that it just sounds silly because for some people, I get, I get shitty about this for some people. They didn't really know Brody that well, or maybe they just knew of him and, but that's okay. That's okay. That's right. But like, I feel like, you know, my daughter's knew Brody. He lived uh, like three blocks from my house. I saw Brody almost every day. And so it's like, that's, lucky. If, that's so fun. Oh, it, I'm one of my favorite memories ever, 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 ever is Georgia and Isla and I are walking back from Gelson's and Brody's sitting at the Starbucks outside on his headsets, uh, whatever, drumming or flipping, drumming or, or, or fucking, what was the uh, one he used to use? Not Tinder. What was the face one? Oh, Periscope. Periscoping. And my oldest daughter, Georgia, said, Dad Brody Stevens. <laughs> and I just giggled and I thought, he has permeated a child. His personality, he was, you know. But it is crazy. Like I have a real, real fear of death. What does ayahuasca help with that? Mm -hmm. But like, you're still going to die though. Yeah. But here's the, when you accept it, you're not worrying about it, right? You're living. Like, I don't think I'm like living unless I'm accepting that I'm going to die. I don't think I'm living unless I'm ignoring the fact that I'm dying. And I think when I drink, I ignore it. Yeah. Like, like I have a, I have the chest cold right now and I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little text. We know it's COVID. We'll know in two hours. <laughs> we get, I'm getting texts from my team right now about COVID testing of when they can make it, how long the results you are. You gripping a knife is so funny. My favorite thing. I can't help it right now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm riddled with anxiety. And I, and part of me goes, just get me back on the road and I'll be fine. Right. We well, that's the thing too. We were doing comedy so compulsively, right? Like all night, every night travels when we're here doing it, like really no time off. And it's like when time, stopped like when our work stopped and we just were here i was like oh my god like yeah it was it felt like an ego death like it felt like i was on a mushroom trip with like an epic dose that i was not wanting to be on that's what i, I, I was crying about my parents dying i was crying about myself dying i was crying about other like it just all came back and then when it is a deadly virus not only are we not able to work and do our the thing that soothed us we're being faced with it in front of us every day well, that you know, was the, the thing I love about what not not to go back or harp on this, but I do think it's one of the more original things happening on the inter, on on social media. Is you know Whitney's summer camp? Mm -hmm. It was really cool for my daughters to be like, 
they were talking about the dog she rescued, the one with the ridiculous ears. Oh, he's so beautiful, right? And yeah, and my my daughter Isla's like, tell Whitney, tell Whitney, we'll we'll raise him, we'll raise the dog with him, with her. And I was like, we're not raising this dog. (laughs) And then and then Georgia goes, who are these girls, Dad? They're having so much fun. And I went, oh, are you being serious? She goes, yeah. Do you know them? And I was like, and and what this is crazy is I'll say this and then I'll negate myself, but I go very well. I know them very well. I said that's Annie. And then I was like, wait, I. I, I know Annie very well because I see her all the night, all the time at the store and I haven't seen her in forever. And now I don't know anyone. I feel like I'm losing connection with these people that, by the way, we, we all know each other in a, in a work kind of mentality, but we, it's, it's deeper than that. Like it's a work mentality where there's no rules. So you definitely know like weird things. And so, and I'm talking to my daughter and I'm like, yeah, I know all of them. And then Whitney texted me. She's like, come to a spot Saturday, bring your daughters. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if I can mash up those two worlds. Like I, and I was like, I, I can't, I, I wanted to so bad, but I didn't want my daughters to be like, cause if I had said, Hey, do you want to go to Whitney's? I would have been like, I'm going to get in the garage with those dogs. You can get me when you're done with your set. <laughs> and Georgia would have been like, uh, yes. And been like up you all those. I mean, it's just an interesting group. Very eclectic you group. Just go over and like swim in the pool with her or something during the day. Like, so you don't have to do stand up. We're honestly, we were, we were dealing, we're dealing with a lot of uh, teen issues right now that are. It's so funny. How many cycling women you have in your house now? (laughs) It's amazing to hear. I'm amazed at, at the originality of the way people can describe periods in our house. It is. I. I, I really, I really feel like I didn't listen to women enough growing up that I gave women the short end of the stick, not realizing just how original. I mean, if you think about it, anyone who's going to bleed once a month is going to come up with more than one way to describe that. Yeah. And, uh, but we're going through a lot of issues and, and for whatever reason, we, we had Isla with horses and Leanne's like, you got to reach out to Whitney and see if maybe she'll take Isla out with her with for Isla was shutting down because of COVID. Just of course, this must be horrific. How old is Isla? Fourteen. Oh, and it's yeah. just it's, she's. I mean, I'm not. I I don't want to like. I I can't. I'm not allowed to talk too much about everything of that's course. real. Yeah. But um. But you know when you, it's very isolating, and so all of a sudden, if, and especially if you're scared of getting COVID, like and Isla no is. Answer, and that's what I was gonna say. I would never be suicidal, like. No. In this time, because I'm so curious how this is going to end up. I mean, this is why, I mean, we could just like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? But not to say that to you. That's a horrible thing to say to you. Oh, also, I wanted to tell you about anxiety. Every time I have anxiety, I remember this um, documentary I saw on Netflix. I can't remember what it, which one it was, but it was this, this um, monk was like, I used to suffer from severe anxiety and then I became a monk and I still get anxiety. When it comes to me, I go, hello, anxiety, old friend. You're here to save me. Cause it is like, these are all coping mechanisms. Like your anxiety is something that helped you when you were a kid. It soothed you, it did all that stuff. So it's like these old patterns and stuff. And the, so now I've been doing this on stage. I've been going like, and I just watched this documentary and it's like, I'm anxious, but I was, you know, so I'm like, hello, anxiety, fucking like, blah, blah, blah. and then I just like call it back throughout my set. But it is like, it does help me when I'm like, oh, I'm getting nervous. Thank you, nerves. You're like here to help me. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could figure out how to do that. Is that is that Monk Jay Shetty? I don't know what his name was. It was um No, that that's the guy Whitney had on his pot her podcast, Jay Shetty. Oh no, it wasn't that guy. He's gorgeous. It's beautiful, those he's, eyes. 
He looks like Georgie. He looks like the dog. Not your, not your George, but the dog. Which one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like your dog. Indian people are. Am I in trouble for saying that? (laughs) No. Not not when it's not when it's followed by what I'm about to say. My brand is slightly cancelable, so I'm like, also, I'm like, you haven't picked me up yet. You can't cancel me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Indian people in general are so attractive. I feel like I slept on Indian women like my whole life. Like if I could start it over, if I was going to talk to a, a an 18 year old bird, I'd be like, yo, fucking fall in love with an Indian chick for whatever reason. I think Indian women are so fucking beautiful. Yeah. And this Jay Shetty guy is gorgeous. Yeah. It is like a beautiful his eyes like pop and his skin's like caramel. And yeah. I just, um, you didn't, you didn't, the rep, you know, it's fun, funny that you, you, uh, you, you, um, when you're a kid, so like, I didn't, I didn't love that, uh, the truth about a poo movie. I, I, I with Harry, 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 Harry I was, I was like, I, I, it bothered me. Cause I was like, I was like, I, I, cause I'm white, I guess. And I was like, this, the Simpsons wasn't trying to hurt anybody. But well, then, it was stereotyping as a joke. I mean, it's like what you know. It yeah. wasn't like, um... But then I wonder, and then I wonder, like trying to be open-minded. Did I sleep on Indian chicks because of Apu? Like, did I see Apu and then write off just write off Indian people because I that was my representation of Indian people? And then all of a sudden, you see a guy like Jay Shetty or representation. That's why this is like all eye-opening shit. That's why I one of the most eye-opening things I've ever had was when 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 uh, Kumail got ripped and I was like I was just as a comic would you just start shitting on him because he looks gorgeous you're like you're like what the fuck we lost a good one man he was one of the good ones right and then I was talking to Segura and we were like oh no he's got to do that because he's got to show young Indian or uh, Pakistani kids that we're not just all the guy on the computer in the movie going okay try it now we are also a fucking superhero. That is what representation I is. I get offended when comics get ripped. I'm like, yeah, I, what are we here for? <laughs> tell me about it. That's but why also, I want everyone to get ripped too. I want everyone to be as healthy as possible. I want I'm feeling like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird times, but I do think, uh, it's all good because I'm doing- the truth is, I listened to this podcast, this guy, Jim Fortin, and, uh, he's, uh, he used to be a hypnotist and now he's like into brain science, but he also has like a shaman and his, his brother-in-law is a shaman. And he was telling me that or telling the podcast, so I'm narcissist. I'm like, he's talking to me. Um, but he was saying in the podcast that um, whenever he was having anxiety and stuff about stuff, his, his uh, brother-in-law would go, all right. So what's what, if something bad happens, what happens? And he's like, Oh, I'll lose my job. And he goes, all right, so what's the worst that would happen if you lose your job? He goes, I won't have any money. He goes, okay, so what's the worst about not having money? And he was like, um, I'll, I won't be able to buy food. And he goes, well, what, what will happen if you won't be able to buy food? He goes, oh, I'll starve to death and I'll die. And he goes, and then what's the worst that would happen to that? And he's like, uh, he's like, all of it's okay. Every part of that is okay. And it's like, uh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, what about that movie, The Butterfly Effect? It seemed like shit could turn sideways pretty bad for oh, everyone. I thought you were talking about the butterfly and the dragon bell or whatever the fuck that was called. Remember oh, the one no. where the guy gets paralyzed? I'm like, oh. No, no, I was thinking of butterfly effect. I'm such a fucking meathead. I referenced an Ashton Kutcher movie. Dude, where's my car? I mean, no, it's good. Um, 
Butterfly I, Effect is great. Can I tell you, this is how I know your brain works the same way. When you said I started listening to a podcast, I thought you were going to say I started listening to a podcast. The name of it's a rabbi, a priest, and a minister. <laughs> <laughs> what a great podcast. A black guy. If you just, Everything's a joke premise. I know, honestly. Um, it should be. So what I got, I got a, I got a pitch meeting in 12 minutes. What, um, so what's, what's next for Whitney's summer camp? What do you guys got planned? Can I tell uh, you, I really think you guys should do a polar plunge. I would love to do a polar plunge on that mushroom hike. I went and we went up to like the, the peak of this. Wait, mountain. who did mushrooms? It was not, it wasn't with them. It was with, um, Curtis, uh, the, who works at the comedy store and his wife and a couple of the, and like Mitch Burrow. Do you know him? I don't know, but I'm sure I do. I'm my so hilarious. I'll know a lot more people uh, this next fall. What's wrong? Do you like your tour? It's fun. Yeah, it's a fucking blast. I've started to enjoy the outdoor shows. I opened for Rob Schneider at the Irvine Improv. Oh, he told me he he's telling me he was telling me uh, him and David Spade did that. Was that him and David Spade and you? No, um, no, no. I just did it with him last this. Um, I like them. They're different for me. I mean, I like not to. Like I, have oh, I know you're a party. You're literally yeah. a party. Yeah, my fans come out to party. They come out to tailgate. They come out. They bring chairs. They bring recliners. They bring couches. They. Fill I up. would actually beg to say that every show you've ever done has been a tailgating show. <laughs> I actually think the same thing. I, I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm certain that uh, I'll say Patton Oswalt because I'm a friend of his, and I, I think he realizes I'm not shitting on him. But like, I'm sure Patton would get to my show and be like. These aren't the people I've been looking for, <laughs> but they're for whatever reason, man. I love, I love, that's the thing. I like, I like that shit. I like that kind of yeah. energy. I, I like, like when I saw, you know, f- call it whatever you want to call it. I, w- I used to love going to Jimmy Buffett shows and the fucking parrot heads tailgating outside making margaritas. Oh, people I love that like shit. Fanatic fa- like that's great. It's so fun. It's my biggest thing is I want to create uh, uh, my goal now is for next summer. And I think we're close is to create something very big that I can share with people like yourself and Whitney and, and Taylor and, uh, and Esther and, and big J and Kurt Metzger and Louis J Gomez and, and like Mark Norman and and Nate Bargatze. I want to do something kind of big. And I think I might be able to have it figured out, but, uh, but, and, and and just shy of a cruise. Like I'd love to do a cruise. Because you know for a fact we'd have so much fun on a so cruise. We'd have the most fun. It would and be- I'm not talking about just partying. I'm talking about breakfast. Like it, when you do a cruise, you get the upstairs all the, all the comics. Imagine how much fun it would be just a bunch of comics at a dinner at a table talking it'd be shit. So fun, dude. I did a I did um with Big J. I did ship rock to like heavy metal cruise. I bombed yeah. so hard. It was the best time I've ever had in my life. I bombed in front of Papa Roach. I'm like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I was supposed to open for them, um, or I was in talks to open for them, but right when Corona hit, <laughs> so fun. I would have eaten shit so bad. See, I lo- this is what's going to happen. This is my opinion. Is um, it's going to take a second. So there are so many acts that need to work that mm-hmm. are that can work that need to work that it's going to be hard. It's going to be uh, there are going to be tough ticket sales. Mm-hmm. So I got I got plans. I got plans. We'll see. Well, I'm excited. I'm like, I can't wait to see where I'm on the fucking lineup now. Yeah. Well, we'll I'm, I'm like, I'm about to start sending, um, sending, uh, kitty porn around trying to get a better spot. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, it's not a bad idea. I know <laughs> like, a mask. All you gotta do. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> um, that's what I was well, doing to Rogan. I was trying to get a better spot. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you going to go down um, there? Anytime you know, soon? What's that? You going to go down there anytime soon? I would love to. I mean, obviously, if Joe invites me, I'll be there in a second. I love if him. Joe invites any of us, we'll be there in a second. I fucking love his ass. He's so, I mean, I love Joe. Uh, well, Annie, I appreciate you doing this. I, I absolutely love you. Hang out, if we, I get the test at Whitney's a lot, so I'll hit you up when I have the test and stuff. I got a test coming here at four o'clock. So okay. I'll be, when I get back from tour, uh, I'll hit you guys up. Great. I might come over. I might come over with my oldest, not my youngest, but my oldest. It's just so fun. It's really fun. And it's, we do like open mics and then a show. So it's like, everyone's kind of working on, I have so much new material and it's That's really great. That's great. Really, I mean, fucking God bless Whitney. I'm He's jealous. Good. You guys look like you're having a blast. I'm having so much fun. All right. Well, I love Brilliant you. Puppy. I'll talk to you later, Annie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye, little weenie. Oh, I got a big, big dick in there. <laughs> oh, I love, that's my favorite thing to do. I like doing crowd work with dogs. And I was like, wow, your dog has such a big dick. And people was like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see you. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.